Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church Podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor Podcast features Sunday sermons. To hear this live and before subscribers do, join us in Rockport, Maine on Sunday mornings at 10 for worship and before that at 845 for prayer service. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. So as you can see, i got Shania and i got Micah here with me today. They're going to help me. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Go Shania! Anyways. <laughs> and Micah. Yeah, don't leave my man out. All right, anyways. So, so listen, if you've been here the past two weeks, and you know we've been talking about this, that somewhere along the way that we as men and women have lost sight of our God-given design. And you know as well as I know that anytime somebody loses sight of their God-given design, uh, they not only lose the responsibilities of that design, but oh, they also do this. They also begin to basically inadvertently pick up or begin to grab a hold of false identities that aren't from God, but are really from the influences that are around them. And so what happens is, is, is young men, old men, young women, old women, they begin to, to do this. They begin to basically take on, once again, the identity that the culture, that their wife, their husband, their friends, their kids, and even that the church puts on them. And the, and the sad part is, is, is through that process, men feel a great uh, pressure to perform to meet that image. And on the other side, women feel this great pressure to conform to meet that image. Do you know that's true? And so, you know, part of the reason, because it's true, we've been spending all this time because we think it's really important that we rediscover and we reclaim what God has rightfully given us, and that's His design for our lives. And so, kind of before we dive in this morning, I want to kind of set the tone really simple here, is this, is this, if the loss of identity or the loss of the design is happening in men's lives and is happening in women's lives, then we can basically bet that, guess what, it's also happening in our marriages as well. Is that true? So in other words, this, that it's impossible for us to lose sight of our God-given design as men and women without also losing sight of our God-given design for our marriages in the same process. And so two weeks ago, we talked about God's, uh, you know, man, God's design. Then we talked about woman, God's design. Today, we're going to turn and put our attention solely on this, marriage, God's design. So if you're taking notes, there's your title, all right? Marriage, God's design. Let's pray, and we will rock and roll. All right, Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for, God, just a hunger and a passion to know your word. Lord, we know that when we talk about subjects like this, in some ways it can be scary. In some ways it can, uh, you, you know, uh, bring up stuff that maybe we don't want to think about or, or to talk about. Uh, but, the Lord, Lord, the truth is, is that you never come and just, uh, you know, kind of pick out a scab. Lord, you come to heal. And, uh, Lord, we just thank you for coming and healing today, God. We thank you for coming and and just going down really, really deep in our hearts. And, God, not only healing, but also giving us wisdom. God, you're the one that designed marriage. God, this isn't the world's idea. It's your idea. And, uh, Lord, we shouldn't be afraid to talk about it. We shouldn't be afraid to come to you and ask you for wisdom about it. And so, Lord, today we just do that. God, we say speak to our hearts. We open our hearts wide. And we thank you for just life changing this place today. We thank you for uh, that we're just a church by faith in Jesus. Jesus' names that has healthy marriages. Uh, Lord, that we would buck the trend that, uh, you know, that you don't have to be miserable in marriage, but you can actually be fulfilled and be happy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, the Bible tells us in the book of Genesis that on the sixth day, God created man. And even though Adam, don't miss this, that even though Adam enjoyed this, you know, uh, just this 
amazing communion with God, really like no other person has ever experienced, the Bible says that he was still not content. He was still not satisfied. That's kind of hard to believe, right? But what's so crazy about this is that Adam's discontentment didn't come from a sinful nature like ours does so often, but, but rather it came from an a earnest desire or a genuine need that God had personally put deep in Adam's heart. And that, that desire or that need was simply this, that he longed for someone, that he longed for a companion. Is that not true? You know, the Bible uh, really sums it up in this, in this, uh, this desire in Genesis 2.18. It says this. This is where God said, it is not good for man to be alone. Now, obviously, when God said that, here's what's so awesome about God. At that moment, he just didn't step back and say, sorry, Adam, you got what you got. No, at this moment, he stepped in and became Adam's provider in this area. And we know that the Bible says that God put Adam in a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, God removed one of his ribs and he created or he provided what? A woman. He provided Eve to do what? To fulfill the deep desire of his heart for companionship. And here's what's so awesome. She did. So, you know, if you can kind of understand, if you're here last week, you'll understand this more. But together, they absolutely revealed a complete picture of God's heart. Obviously, as Adam, he revealed God's, uh, the masculine side or his masculine heart. And and Eve revealed the feminine heart of God. So what's so neat is that not only did they reveal this complete picture of God, but they also completed one another. Together, they were one and not two. So often today, we try to become two or remain two when we should be one. Yes? And so what's so cool about this is as they were one, guess what? They fulfilled one another by bringing joy and intimacy in each other's lives. Is that true? Unfortunately, we all know this, that we know that that joyful bliss that these guys were enjoying in the garden didn't last forever. Because the Bible says that Satan rolled into the garden, he sold them a pile of lies, and they took it. Hook, line, and sinker, and they fell, flat on their face. And at that moment, that's when every single thing changed. Because it was at that moment when they sinned in the garden, not only did they separate themselves from God, but they also separated themselves from each other. And if you can kind of imagine, actually, Jen, stand up. We, Jen and I were talking yesterday, and she was said, basically, here's the kind of picture she had in her head, is that, is that when we are uh, together, when we're one, that, that literally we have each other's backs and we're fighting against the enemy. I, I knew you would do something like that. So... But what happened was, is when sin entered the garden and sin entered the heart, at that moment they turned, and now it became this. Make sense? And so often, that's, that's the way we live, and our backs are exposed to the enemy, because we're so busy fighting one another, we don't have time or our attention, we're distracted, and we really can't stand in defense and fight him. Amen? So good job, Jen. You got an amen. All right, so... So, so what happened is, is in the garden, when, you know, when, once not only were they separate from God, they separate from each other, and they turned their backs on each other, right? And, and we know that at that point that Adam said, it's the woman you gave me, and then the blame game started, right? And it went all downhill from there. So anyways, since that moment, basically due to pride and fear, uh, men and women, I said this last week, but men and women have been locked in this invisible tug-of-war match, and they're, what they're doing is they're, they're struggling with one another to see who can gain the most power, to see who can gain the most control, see who can gain the most authority. And uh, this battle of the sexes, as it's been called, simply has opened up a door. Don't miss this. It's opened up a door for an independent, selfish, competitive spirit to come and wreak havoc in our marriages. Don't miss that because it is a spirit. Yes? And I think we could all agree that the Spirit has produced nothing but disappointment, strife, and loneliness. Because, it, because the Spirit, it isolates you. 
So not only has it done that, but it's also done this. That, once again, when all that's going on, there's this struggle going on. It causes us, once again, to lose sight of God's design for our marriage. So I think, this, maybe this is not everybody, but I think that when, we, that when we stop and we get honest with one another, that we would actually admit that, you know, that our marriage relationship is one of, if not the most difficult things in our life. And what's, what's such a head-scratcher about marriage is this, is that on one hand, it could be one of the most fulfilling things in our life, and on the other hand, it could be one of the most heartbreaking and disappointing things in our life at the same time. Is that not true? Yeah. So let me maybe say this, just encourage you today. If that's the way you feel, know that you're not alone. I, you know, I think that's one of the things that the enemy tries to do. He, he tries to isolate you and make you think that you're the only one going through it when that's not really the case. And, and if I can have a moment to just, just let's open up our hearts. If we would be willing to do community with one another and, and actually begin to interact like family with one another, we would find out there's a whole lot of encouragement there for each other. Right? When we put, our, when we put an arm around each other and say, hey, we're going to make it through this. But what happens is, is we try to keep those things secret and we save face and we put on masks when we come to church. And we try to act like nothing's going on, but inside we're dying. That, that literally the... the, the picture that we portray in public or in church is very different than the one that's behind closed doors. It ought not to be that way. Yes? So shifting gears here. Remember two weeks ago we talked about man's design. Then last week we talked about woman's design. And to do that I I brought up John Eldridge's uh, description of those designs. If you want to read a fabulous book, I would encourage you, man or woman, it doesn't really matter. Read the book Wild at Heart. It'll shine such a light on this. But here's what John said once again. He said that at the core of every single man, he desires three things. Doesn't matter who he is, he desires these three things. Number one, he desires a battle to fight. There's something about a man, he needs a mission. It's a great place for you guys to say yes. Right? And it's in that mission or in that fight, he wants to know this. He wants to know that he's powerful, that he's strong, that he's courageous. And at the core, he really wants to know that he has what it takes. And obviously, he doesn't just want to fight or have a mission just to be fighting. Uh, he, he, wants, he wants somebody to be watching him in the process, to be admiring him in the process as he fights. And, and it's because he desires to be someone's hero. You, you know, once again, you know, I didn't say this the first week, but it's almost like go back or watch an old war movie. Uh, you know, how many times has, uh, you know, the guy went to war and, and the picture that he carries in his front pocket is of his gal back home? Right? Because once again, he's wanting to be the hero for that young lady. Number two, their another, uh, second desire is this, is that they would have an adventure to live. In other words, this, a man likes a challenge. A man doesn't want to live in a box. He needs a dream that's going to test him, that's going to push him. And, and it really is it's because it's in this area that he proves to himself. It doesn't matter what everybody says here. It matters to himself, does he have what it takes? He's trying to figure out that himself. And uh, really, if we're going to be honest, it's in that area of adventure that a man hopes to gain respect. Number three, he desires a beauty to rescue. Not a man alive that doesn't want a beautiful woman at his side as he sets off on the adventure. And, in fact, I think it's this, that we, as guys, we know in our hearts that that fight, that adventure really means nothing if we don't have someone to enjoy it with. 
And, and it's this thing that, that without her, his heart is not satisfied. That battle will never satisfy him. That mission, that job, uh, you know, that adventure will never satisfy the longing of his heart. And the reason is, once again, is because the, the, the thread that runs through the core of every man is this, is it's not good for him to be alone. So he's wanting someone. Okay? On the flip side, where the young ladies are at, the women, they have three core desires. It's not that different than men, but it's feminine in nature. Number one is this is a lady desires to be fought for. It's in this spot that every woman desperately wants to know that she is worthy. I cannot stress that enough, that she is worthy to be pursued. She's worthy to be noticed. She's worthy to be wanted. She's worthy to be loved. She longs for his attention. She longs for his affection. That, that's, why, that's why so many women will compromise what they believe just to simply get a little bit of affection. Number two, she wants an adventure to share. This is where a woman wants to feel strong and valuable and appreciated in her own right. But most of all, uh, she wants to be reassured that she has something to offer in the man's adventure. And it's this. The truth be known, she wants to know this. She wants to know and be confident that the adventure isn't complete without her. And the reason is, it's because it, it isn't. Once again, because it's not good for man to be alone. And so that part, let me go ahead and maybe step ahead of myself big time here. So when the men run off and they do their adventures and they never connect their wives to it, they wonder why they resent them. Am I making sense? That you run off and you play and you do your thing, right? And, 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 and so often, let me maybe, once again, I'm totally jacking myself up here. But so often, women look at men and they say this, he needs to mature. He needs to grow up. No, he, he's just looking for an adventure. Yes? Listen, you, th- you think he's immature, but he's just really operating in his God-given design. And if you keep shutting that down, you're going to shut down God's design for his life. Instead, you, instead of griping about it, you need to see how you can join it. Right? All right? Is that, is that strong enough? <laughs> yes. All right. But on the same time, fellas, we need to have the wisdom not to leave them behind. Yes, very key. All right. We'll get to that in a minute. All right. Number three. Let's get back to you, girl. Number three. She, she has a beauty that she wants to avail. That's a core desire. She wants to have a beauty to unveil. In other words, every woman wants to know she is really seen. Look at me. She wants to be seen. She desperately wants to know that she, is, she has captivated her uh, lover's heart, that, that he delights in her beauty. Once again, she, she doesn't give a rip about any of those other knuckleheads. She wants to know that her man thinks she's pretty. Yes? Great place to say amen, women. All right. So why am I bringing all this up again? Here we go. Let, let's get moving for today. Because I think so often we miss the fact of this, that when we first met, everybody say first met. When we first met our spouse, we weren't all that different than Adam and Eve in the beginning. Meaning this, that, that think about it for a minute, that when you began your relationship with your spouse, he or she almost effortlessly fulfilled all three of your core desires. It was easy. Right? It was easy. You showed up and you talked. It handled it, right? Anyways, and so what happens is, is because they were meeting those three core desires, there was this thing called joy in your heart that you interpreted as, a, as this, as feeling in love. Yes? So let's take a quick walk down memory lane, and I want you to remember a few things. But I, I, ladies, I want you to remember that when the sound of his voice took your breath away. <laughs> now it probably takes your breath away in other ways. But anyway, sorry. <laughs> Fellas, I want you to remember when the simple touch of her hand made your heart skip a beat. Y'all remember those days? 
Listen, it's almost this, if I can just say, it, think of the two words, attraction and passion. There was, this, there was this thing that, man, that I, I just can't wait to be with her. I can't wait to be with him. And when you're apart, you always thought about one another, just constantly, right? I, I remember when I first met Jen, uh, I, she was be the last thing I thought about before I went to sleep. She was the first thing when I, when I woke up, right? Yes? It's still there, baby. Still there. There's just a kid in between us. All right. True story. He's three and he shows up every night. All right, here we go. Listen, ladies, do, do you remember how she used to make you feel like no other man existed? Ladies, do you remember how another she made you feel like no other man existed? I said it right thing. Anyways, ladies, do you remember how uh, he made you feel like you're the most beautiful woman in the world? And, and the thing I maybe want you to remember the most today is remember when they won your affection. And, and remember... Better yet, when, not just affection, but when you gave away the greatest treasure that you've ever possessed, and it's your heart. And you, you know, think about when you willingly gave your heart away, when you said those three simple words, I love you. What a moment, right? Don't you remember how in your wedding day you assumed that those feelings of love would last a lifetime? In fact, your vows and commitments uh, depended on it. Right, I mean, you know, I'm getting ready to do these guys' wedding here in a week, right? And um, not these guys, but these guys. And uh, I keep thinking about that. That here we are. We're going to, you know, Noah and I were going over the kind of the order the other day and talking about these commitments, the vows we made, not just before a person, but before God. And it's really that that man we that we assume that we are confident that all these feelings are always going to be there. Are y'all following me? Do you remember the moment, maybe for some of you, it was, it, it, you know, I've met people that it happened on their honeymoon. I've met people that's happened in a few months. I've met people that happened in a few years. But at some point, do you remember the moment when you realized that your spouse was no longer meeting your three core desires, your three core needs? And to be honest with you, it was at that moment that you felt like you were no longer in love. Y'all are quiet. And, and I want to say this, I guess, maybe to the ladies today. I, I want you to know that, that in that moment when you realize that, that, that you didn't make a mistake. I think so often we get there and we think, I just made the biggest mistake of my life. And, and I want you to know that you did not, did not, did not make a mistake. Everybody goes through that at one point or another. And, and I feel like I need to tell the men today it's this, is that, you know, dude, d- down deep inside of you, guess what? Nothing's messed up about you. Nothing's wrong. Nothing's broken. You're human. Right? Because we get in these spots and, and we don't feel what we used to feel. And we think, man, something's wrong with me. And then we, then we you know, we, we do two things. Uh, the woman tends to go, it's his fault because he's not doing this. And a man in that moment, you think we're being babies, but there's something that's inside of us that, that really takes blame because we, we have this responsibility to be leaders and we try to own it. But it's not really us either. Am I making sense? As Cool and the gang said, it takes two to make everything go right. All right? Yes. <laughs> so where do things go wrong? And I'm not trying to be a, a, a Debbie Downer today, but where do things go wrong? What happened? The best way I can explain this, this may sound silly, but, but, and this may sound super churchy, but, but days before you were going to get married, inside of you, you were like, praise God, I'm getting my promised land. 
only to realize a few days later that there's giants still in the land. <laughs> and, and, it's, and it's giants that have these names. Here's, here's the names that these giants go by. Past Hurts. That guy's nickname's Baggage. Insecurities. Independent Behaviors. Addictions. And then one of my all-time favorites is, is the giants that demand for their needs to be met. Uh, there, there's giants of outburst of anger, dishonesty, lack of agreement because we don't get, agree with everything. We don't see everything the same. Uh, how about those annoying little habits? How about a lack of patience, disappointments? And maybe the biggest giant in the land of all is, is offenses over what? Over unmet expectations. And if we get really down to it, gang, it, those, those expectations were either unspoken or impossible to begin with. Yes? Let me say this for you ladies in here. The man can never fulfill everything in you. Only God can. And there's, there's things that you need to look for from your husband, but there's times you need to look beyond your husband to Jesus. And, and there's been times in my life that I feel, you know what, if I was the greatest man on the planet, I couldn't meet that criteria. And the reason is, is because I'm not Jesus. Right? He, he, is, he is the source of all things. Yes? So cut us some slack. Amen. Listen, if all those giants weren't hard enough, add in this. And this is just reality. The extra pressure of raising kids, the differences in how to discipline those kids, in-laws, if you've been married before, your ex-wives, your ex-husbands, or stepchildren. How about a difference in the way you manage money? Men and women always see money different. How about when, when secrets start being kept? Or how, how about when we begin to get careless with our words and we say things that we thought that we would never say to them? How about when we have critical attitudes and we begin to try to correct them because some reason we're trying to fix them because they're broken? Right? Or, or maybe you would make me look better if you didn't do this. Right? How about this? And this is just for fun. But how about, you, you know, when, when you're dating, you don't experience this. But when you get married, you start hearing strange sounds. You, you, there's bad breath. There's ungodly smells. He doesn't put the seat down. She doesn't squeeze the uh, toothpaste just right. Are you with me? In my house, we bought two things of toothpaste. So we didn't have that problem because I, I never squeezed it right. Anyways, I'm not, I'm not bitter, but it, it worked. Anyway, so how, how about... How about this? How about, uh, you know, add in their exhaustion? You, you know, it, it's kind of like this. When, when a woman has chased kids around all day, she's not going to be Miss Victoria's Secret at 9 o'clock. <laughs> right? She's tired. Her mind is not on you. Her mind is simply this. I hope I can get a good night rest. Right? So, you know, kind of add in this. Add the lack of romance in there. Because why? Because he's tired and all he can think about is everything he's got to do. But what happens is, is in, in that lack of romance, the pursuit comes to a screeching halt. And, fellas, we've got to mention this. We've got to talk about gravity for a second. Uh, because, you know, Father Time takes over and our chest that used to be so awesome falls into our drawers. And, um, <laughs> you know, and it's like this. Ladies are looking at us and go, man, he can't even bend over and tie a shoe, much less pick up a sword and go fight. Right? <laughs> And then it's this, it's, it's that, you know, when, we, when we're seeking such an adventure, well, you know, the thing that robs us, number one of our adventures, is a thing called a job. And we think somebody's got to go to work to pay the bills around here. Yeah? And so what happens is, is over time we unknowingly, don't miss this, we unknowingly develop habits that destroy our love for one another. 
So think about this. All he thinks about at this point, where, where when he woke up before, and all he could think about was all the good things. And let's be honest. When we're dating, it's not that we're oblivious to their uh, not great moments in life or their, their weaknesses. We just overlook them really well, right? But, but when we get married and we're confronted with that thing all the time, they, they're highlighted. Those jokers grow. They go on steroids, right? And, and, so, and so what happens is, is a man sits back and all he can think about is what his wife does that makes him feel so unhappy. And on the other side, what happens is, is all she can think about is all the things that he doesn't do that makes her feel unwanted. So bottom line is this. Two things here. Number one is that person that used to be so special to you has become common. Just another person. Right? And I'm not saying, let me kind of clarify, I'm not saying that you don't love them because you love them. You do love them. Right? You do love them. Right? Yes. You do love them. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help you guys out. You're like this. And, you, and, you, and your spouse is like this. Does she love me? Does she love me? Does he love me? Does he? You Turn to, your, turn to your spouse and say, I love you. Help him out. God, just felt like we were at a marriage conference. That was weird. <laughs> so what happened? We talked about what happened, went down all these things. Here's what happened. Life happened. You, you, you know, it's so interesting to think about when you're dating. When you're dating, things are easy. When you get married, things become very complex. And the re- reason I say this is because when you're dating, guess what? It's, uh, you know, I'll pick on these guys. How many, how many uh, hours were you away from her when y'all were dating? How hours? hours. How many miles? It's like a, it's like a thousand miles close. Like 900, 937.4. Okay, all right. So, um, so listen, it, it's in that. Guess what? There's, no, you, there, there's nothing coming to a, a collision about what role he plays and what role she plays. But then when you live in the same house, now roles come into question, right? And so, so many uh, problems that happen in a marriage is this. If someone's uh, trying to fulfill the other person's role, somebody's not fulfilling their role, somebody's being lazy. So there's just conflict in that, right? And so anyway, so it's at the same time, guess what? When you're, when you're, when you're dating, it's, you got your money, she's got her money, and then you get married. Now it's, uh-oh. Right? Are you seeing? In other words, at that moment, everything really gets a whole lot more difficult than what it used to be. Uh, you know, uh, you know. Back when you were dating, you, you could easily do this. You go, you get on my nerves, feel a little tired, babe. Go drop her off back at the house, and then roll on to your house. Right? Now you go to the same place, and you can't get away from that. Right? Yeah. Appreciate the moment. So here's what's so funny is I think, I think in our hearts, a lot of times we go this. We, we say, you know what? Um, I knew it. I knew it. They, they were pulling the wool over my eyes. You know, they weren't being real. When we got married. They changed. I, 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 you know, the moment, the moment he said, I do, he became that. No, he didn't. Look, she's the same gal. He's the same fellow. Here's what you're experiencing. You're experiencing who they really are when their needs are not being met. That's what you're experiencing. Great place to say amen. So today, listen, if, if you're in that spot, and, and, and once again, everybody's been at that spot at one point, point, point or another. Some of us have been there many times. Some of us live there, all right? But if you're there at the moment, the best thing I can say is this. Here's the best advice I can give you today, and then we'll go through some things that will be a little bit more positive, I think. And, um, but, but it's this. It's the way we handle our spouse's heart is really everything. 
It's the way we handle our spouse's heart. It's everything. To, to think that when you said I do, what you were really saying was, is I'm trusting you with my heart. Right? And, and so here's kind of the thing here is we can handle each other's heart rough and careless, or we can handle it with careful understanding. I'm going to pause here because I feel like I need to say something. So often, you know, it's like because men, once again, a protector, provider, uh, you, you know, it, it's like the woman thinks, well, I can be tough with him because he's da-da-da-da-da. But you've got to understand, not with you. Y'all follow me? I, I, ha- I have seen women try to rough up uh, their husband, and I'm going to tell you how their husband feels at that moment, like a kid. No man likes to be criticized, corrected, or belittled. Listen to me. No man wants another mother. I'm being honest with you here, okay? Because I've seen this ruin marriages, okay? And, and so what happens is, is it's this. It's think, once again, well, he's a guy. He can handle it. No, but you got to understand, you're his soft space. You're, you're the one he wants to be vulnerable and tender with. And if you, ladies, if you want him to be tender and sensitive and all those things that you try to draw out of him, then quit acting the other way. Quit being tougher than an old rubber boot. Right? Amen, fellas? (laughs) So listen, back to handling the heart. We can blow them off or we can serve them. We can be selfish and focus on our own needs. That's what most of us do. Or we can do this. Or we can become the greatest student of our spouse. And we can begin to study what their needs are and make them our first priority. Instead of trying to be our own first priority. We live in a culture that preaches independence constantly. Right? And that, and that independence robs our marriages. So basically it's this. We can live independently as two different people, two ships passing in the night once again. Or we can do this. We can live together as one. One. It's this whole thing I keep thinking about. It's not we. It's, it's not me. It's we. It's not me. It's we. Instead of living me, 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 me. How can it be we? Am I making sense? All right, let me give you a few thoughts here. First off, I want to break this down in thoughts. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny. I Typically, when I prepare a message, I, I end up with about 10 to 12 pages, and I have to narrow it down to about five or six before I preach it. On this one, I, I, I sat back. I was like, I wonder where I'm at. I had 26 pages of notes, and, um, and I had to make myself quit studying. And so... This isn't an all-in-all, but it is some stuff that I think can help you, okay? And I could, if you want to read some good books, I can point you to some. If you want to know, come ask me. Here we go. First thing, thoughts for men. Men, I'm talking to you in the room. If you're going to be a good husband, then you need to give these five things to your wife, okay? Number one, number one is affection. This is the first thing she cannot do without, okay? And I'm sure all of you have heard it. You know, your idea... Of, of affection is bodies touching, okay? That's not her idea of affection. Amen? Amen, ladies? Hey, I'm trying to help y'all, and y'all want to help yourself. I'm giving you a chance to prove a point. You're not taking it. Anyways, number two. The second thing she needs from you is this. Is she needs conversation. She needs conversation. She, she doesn't, let me make, go back to the point I was trying to make earlier. She doesn't need this, that you come home from your adventure called your job, and you're tired, and she goes, honey, how did today go? And you go, bruh, 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 fine. What you did is you just left her out of your adventure, 
And watch this. I, watch this. And if there's another woman that's there that's doesn't mean you have a desire for her or anything, but if there's another woman that's there that's a part of that adventure and knows the details, then that's going to stir up nothing but insecurities in her heart. Nothing's wrong with her. She's just wired to be a part of the adventure. And you say, quit being insecure. <laughs> it's wrong. Trust me, I've learned that one. Hard way. Y'all with me? Is that true, ladies? Number three. No, let go back. Number two, conversation. She needs... To, you to talk to her because here's why is because she needs you to know her heart. So maybe let me stress here. She she needs you to listen. Golly, that's so hard for us fellas. Yeah, uh, you, you know we 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 are probably the king of selective hearers, selective listening. Right? We 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 hear what we want to hear because we're too busy trying to hear the TV. All right. Number three. Here's what she needs from you: honesty and openness. Honesty and openness. She needs you. She needs to know your heart, and she needs. And here's the reason she needs to know your heart, guys, is because she needs to know if she can trust you completely, right? And she won't trust you unless she knows your heart. And that's the part, guys. Can I be honest with you? That's when you drop, <sighs> ladies. Every man in this room has a fear, and it's called this: a fear that they'll be found out that they're inadequate. And the reason they don't open their hearts up and say, man, here's where I'm struggling, here's where I'm fighting, here's where I'm wrestling, is because they want to be the hero for you. But here's what we don't know as men, is that that woman will trust us more and treasure us more, we'll become greater their hero if we go, here's where I'm wrestling. True, ladies? So, so what happens is the enemy uses this mindset to keep us macho and to keep us over here desperate, wanting something to keep us divided. And we've we got to break all that down. Number four, she needs this. She needs financial support. I'm hesitant to say that, but once again, let's go back. Man is created to be the provider. What is she created to be? She needs you to support her. And it's really not about... Um, Absorbing amounts of money, it's just simply this. She wants to live comfortably. She wants to know she's taken care of. She wants to feel safe. Number five, this is big. It's called family commitment. So often us men run off and we leave our wives to raise our kids, and that's wrong. Yeah? But when we commit ourselves to the family, guess what? To her and to all those kids, because it's important to her that not only are you committed, but also that you're a good dad. She needs to know your good dad because that makes her feel secure, right? And it makes her feel this, that you're not going to leave. Yeah? Because, once again, if I'm going to be honest with you, remember, remember when we start off young, this beauty to unveil. Well, guess what? I, you know, not, not being funny here, but guess what? Gravity takes over there, too. Right? And, and when a woman has a few kids, she's not the same as the night you got married. Right? And there's an insecure spot in women that says, man, am I still enough? Am I still beautiful enough to him? Or, or is he going to leave? But when you're committed to the family, fellas, guess what? You reassure her she's enough. Yes? Remember, the way we handle her heart is what? It's everything. So a few more things for you, fellas, and I got I to gotta move. I'm going to run out of time. We're going to be long today. Here we go. Is... As men, we can do this. Remember, we are wired by God to be leaders of the home. So because we're wired by God, we can either do this. We can either jumpstart the cycle, right, that leads to a healthy marriage, or we can break it down. 
Here's what I've learned is that my change will become her change if I'll lead. Right? Because so often what happens is, is this, as we grumble and complain, well, she's not doing this. Well, you're not doing this either. Somebody's got to start it. So why don't you be the man and start? Right? Yes? It's simple. You want some loving? Be affectionate. That's simple, right? Amen. Here we go. Here's how we jump started. We jump started by making her first. And, and you young couples in here that don't have kids yet, this is the easiest it'll ever be. Hear me. It is the easiest it will ever be. When you have kids and they're all up in your face, wanting time, it becomes a whole lot more difficult, okay? But, but you need to do this. You need to put her first. And here's how we break it down. We break it down when we put our work, our hobbies, our friends, our sports, our adventure, so on, before her. You know, every man knows this. Uh, the woman will play second fiddle for so, only so long. You get what I mean by that? She, she, doesn't, she doesn't like playing second to anything in your life. She wants to be number one. And you know why? That's right for her to feel that way. It's God for her to feel that way. Two more things and we're going to move. Kind of give you a bit of wisdom here. So on one side, us guys, once again, we are wired by God to, this is Bible, I can take and show you in Genesis. We are wired by God to be fulfilled in life by what we do. Right? Yes, fellas? In other words, there's, there's something about, if I can say it this way, it's, you know, we use a farmer, for example. If a farmer, if a farmer you know, basically tills the soil, goes and plants it, goes water, does all of that. It's when the harvest comes, he feels fulfilled. There's that moment of completion that something does something in the heart of man that brings fulfillment in his life, okay? And, and the reason that's there is because, guess what? God didn't want you to resent the fact that you're the provider. Does that make sense? So, so you find fulfillment in this, and in your fulfillment, you provide for your family. He made it easy for you, okay? But here's what we forget, we, we forget so often that her fulfillment does not come in what she does. Her fulfillment in life comes from you. comes from relationship. Am I making sense to you guys? So all the time why, she's, why you think she's just so needy. No, she's just looking for a God-given fulfillment. So here's my encouraging word to men. Go home at a decent hour. Y'all hear me? Go home. At a decent hour, discipline yourself to say, at this time, I'm going to be in my house. I'm going to be with my wife. And I'm, if you've got kids at home, be with my kids. And when you go home, look her in the face, talk with her, listen to her, encourage her, find out about her day, right? Speak life over her and help her know that her heart is safe in your hands. Okay? If you can do that, you'll be greatly appreciative of what will happen. Are you all hearing me? See, see fellas, it's... Um, I'll just say it, she needs that. Last thing here is, is guys, and I've done this, and I know you've done this too, but we don't need to make the mistake of using the money that we make as leverage to throw in her face when we're in a fight. Why? Because what you're doing is, is that moment, you really don't mean it. You find joy in going to work and making that money. But yet, that's something that you think you can use to throw up in her face because she doesn't do it herself. That's wrong. Once again, you're wired this way, she's not. Am I making sense to you guys? Y'all are so quiet. Look like you've just been beaten or something. Beaten. Once again, I, let me say this, and this is just in, and to encourage all of you guys. 
If you're married in this room, I, I want you to know that you know that you know that you are the man that God handpicked, hand-selected to meet that woman's needs. If, if, he, if he handpicked you to meet her needs, then don't you think God's going to give you everything that you need to do it? Yes? It, it's this, but, it, but it's us sitting back as fellows and go, well, I, well, I got to quit being so uh, selfish. <laughs> and I got to think about her, and I got to take, uh, I'll just break it down for you like this. All you guys that want to be the macho leader in your home, realize this, that uh, your example is Jesus, and Jesus is a servant of all. So in your house, you're the number one servant. And if you can serve her, life will go really well. Yes, it's when you sit back like you've got some kind of throne and you think everybody's got to serve you, everybody's going to be miserable. Amen? All right. Here we go. Thoughts for the ladies, for the women. So if you ladies are going to be the wife that your husband needs you to be, then here's the five things you need to do. And I need you to really open your heart and, um, and don't scoff at this. Number one is sexual fulfillment. Um, a, man, a man cannot do without sex. Plain and simple. He can't. Okay? He can't. And, and I'm going to go ahead and say this flat out at the top here. He's not perverted. He's not twisted. He's, something's not, you know, stuff's not wrong with him. Sorry if I'm making some of you guys, younger people, feel uncomfortable right now. Um, but um, it's the way God wired him. Okay? And um, we'll talk about that more in a second. Number two, the second thing that a man needs is a recreational companionship. Everybody wake up. This is good. Recreational companionship. What does this mean? You sit back all the time and you go, I will... I want you to be my best friend. Well, go have fun with him. Why is he leaving you to go hang out with him? Because they're willing to have fun with him, and you gripe at him. Right? Because here's what you think. Your idea of fun, let's go shopping. Shoot me now. Are you guys hearing me? And I'm not saying that we don't ever need to get in you guys' world, but ladies, so often all you want is for a man to come to your world, and you're wrong. You're wrong. It, listen to me. It's no different than this. Because, ladies, you'll understand this. I remember sitting with a guy. His name was Caesar. And I remember him uh, griping and complaining about his stepson and how his stepson would not sit down and watch football with him. He wouldn't pay attention to him. He wouldn't do blah, 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 blah. And I finally looked at him and said, Caesar, what does Jason like to do? Well, Jason plays soccer. Well, why don't you go watch a soccer game with Jason? That makes sense for you ladies, right? So, so it's the thing is, 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 you know, we all look at our kids and go, well, if we're, gonna, if we're going to uh, get in their world. Like I sat the other night on the porch. I said, Caden, what, what, uh, what makes you feel loved? It's my nine-year-old son. He said, Dad, when you do X, Y, Z, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do more of X, Y, Z. So ladies, if you once again want to be this fella's friend, then you need to go once again, babe, w- w- what's fun to you? It may not be your cup of tea. Go do it. You know why? Because he really wants you to be his best friend. Am I making sense, you guys? So, so go, go have fun with him, okay? If, it's, if it is, uh, once again, not your cup of tea, drink the tea. Amen? Yeah. Number three, here's what he needs. And once again, nothing's wrong with him, but he needs an attractive spouse. And he needs... Um, 
he needs a good-looking woman on his arm. And, and watch this. Here's what you got to understand. You, you may sit back and compare yourself to everybody else, but you got to understand at one time he was attracted to you enough to say, will you marry me? Okay? So why not now, y'all listen to me, why not now go like this? Because that's the person you're trying to unveil your beauty to. Why don't you go, hey, how would you like my hair to look? Hey, what kind of clothes do you think I look nice in? Am I making sense to you guys? In other words, if you're trying to, if you're trying to captivate his heart, it's, it's like this. If I'm going to go fishing, I'm going to bring the right bait. Make sense? So, so, so find out what the bait is. Am I making sense to you? It, you, you know, can I, can, I, can I just be, can I be brave enough here to make some people mad? Um, oh, Jesus. Um, I might be wrong, and I might be speaking for myself, all right? But no man wants a homely-looking woman. And no man wants a woman that looks like a dude. Listen, inside of us, once again, there's, there's, there's a, you know, for, understand this, for a woman, she says this, he said this to me, and I feel love. It stirs something in her. For a man, he is, he is visual by nature. And so, you know, you should want that when he, uh, when you walk in the room, that visibly he likes what he sees. Right? It's not about, well, I'm comfortable in these old flannel things. Burn the flannel things and get something he likes. Amen? Yeah. Amen. All right, here we go. Number four. I'm giving this as G-rated as I can give it. All right, number four. He needs domestic support. And I'll just cut, it, cut straight to the chase at this one. When a man's been working all day and he comes home, and some of you women are going to hate me for this, but he comes home, he wants some peace and quiet. The best thing you can actually do for a man is give him about 30 minutes to decompress. And then tell him about your day. Okay? Don't hit him, don't hit him up as soon as he walks through the door. Give him a minute. Let him go do, give him a minute, decompress. So he needs some peace and quiet. But the other thing he needs, he needs a clean house too. And I know y'all feel like I just stepped back to 1962, but it means something to men. Are you with me? It means something to them that, that they come home and their castle that they work so hard, hard for is being taken care of. Yes? The fifth thing, and this is probably number one out of all of it. Sex is really number two. Uh, number five is this. It's admiration. He needs you, ladies. He needs you to be proud of him. Amen? Let me read something to you. Here's what he needs. He needs to feel like he's worthwhile to you and he's needed by you. He desires more than anything to see a look of love and admiration in your eyes. He wants to know that you celebrate him, depend on him, that you feel privileged to be married to him, and that you expect great things from him. Do you get that? He needs that. Um, he's not on some childhood ego trip. He needs that. Okay? Let me give you three more things, lady. Uh, man, this is fantastic wisdom. Men, you're going to... Email me and text me and thank me for this one. Three more things, all right? This is really simple. But, but ladies, I'm going to talk to you real quick, okay, Shania? That, that, that man over there, guess what? He can't read your mind. Absolutely impossible, okay? So ladies, the best wisdom I can give you is uh, make it clear, okay? Uh, say it plain, right? We're, I'm telling you, listen, men are, 
We're not dumb. We're simple by design. Okay? I am... Because listen, I am, I am not a dumb man, all right? And guys, you're not dumb either. But we are simple, and we appreciate clear and concise. I'm going to stress that word. Concise. Did you get that? Concise <laughs> communication. We don't need you to tell us every way to sideways, 50 ways. You, just give it to us straight one time. And here's why. Because, because you guys sit back and you expect us to read your mind. Why not say, hey, this is what I want for my birthday? Well, well, if you, if you loved me enough, you would know. I'll go get you that old flannel thing, right? So, but it's this. If you just give it to him straight, then guess what? It's a whole lot easier for him to meet that expectation, and you'd be a whole lot happier. Yes? Man, it, it's... Um, we don't naturally think that way. We're, you, you know, you, ladies, you like to put things in riddles. Oh, my God. I'm, right? Just simple. Okay? Next thing. All right. Next thing. I'm not trying to pick on you, but here we go. Ladies, I think, I think this might be the best thing that's going to help you at all. L- last week, I was talking to Leah, and she made this statement. I thought, man, this is so true. She said that she read this somewhere, that uh, a man's... A man's, uh, basically for a lady, her tears are equal to a man's anger. I may be saying it backwards, that a man's anger is equal to your tears. This is, man, if there's anything true I'm going to tell you today, this is it. This is it, okay? It's simply this, that um, a lady will come to her husband, enough's enough, she has her breakdown moment, and she cries and cries and cries, and she talks for hours. And, 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 and can we pause on that one real quick? In, in, in my house, uh, we learned something recently. You may know this already, but I'm going to share it. Sorry, I'm going really long. Okay. But uh, as far as argument, we've, we learned, we learned to base it this halt, halt that you do halt. I know I'm country halt H A L T that we do not fight. If we're H hungry, a angry, L, lonely, T, tired. If any of those things are there, we're going to wait. And we'll discuss it later. Because in my house, when, when, when all the, what I'm about to say comes up, it's typically about 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. Right, babe? It, that's when the house is finally quiet. Very true statement. Very true statement. So, so, and it doesn't happen a lot, but when it does, it's there. But what happens, we're both tired. And, and, we're, and we're not phys, uh, physically or spiritually built up. And so we're having a weak moment, and then that's when it all hell breaks loose. Right? We're not hollering and screaming at everybody. But here's what happens. Is the lady starts crying because her needs aren't being met. And a man's response is always anger. Always. No, no, maybe not always. Maybe I should stress it, but a lot of times it's anger. And, and the thing is, is that a, far too often, here's what a woman says in that moment. She gets disappointed. She gets hurt more. And she says this. She interprets his anger as that, that he doesn't care for her, that he doesn't care for their marriage, that it's a, that he, he, it's a lack of compassion, or my husband's got an anger problem. No. The way you express your hurt and disappointment is crying. The way he expresses his hurt and disappointment is he gets angry. Because why? Because he's got to fix it. 
and he doesn't know how. And that, and listen to me, for a man, that is one of the worst feelings in the world is when you don't know how. Right? Because he loves you so much to marry you, and he, just as much as you want a healthy marriage, he wants a healthy marriage, but that's his way of processing it. And you interpret it all wrong. So the best thing to do is give him a little room, let him go off, right? And don't do this, like, like start walking. Don't do this. I demand a response. You got to give me that. You better get. <laughs> Worst thing you can do to a man, because you're not going to like what you get, right? Because once again, he's hurt, and hurt people hurt people, and he's going to respond in a way that's going to hurt you. Fair enough? Man, I got to get on this pony and go. All right. Um, Last thing, ladies, is I want you to know that he will either live up or live down to your expectations of him. He will either live up or live down to your expectations of him. Here's what I mean is brag on him, don't nag him. Brag on him, don't nag him. Last night, uh, last night Jen and I were laying in bed, and, uh, I, and I said, hey, you know, kind of what are you thinking about for tomorrow? I said, and she said some things that I thought, man, that's so good. I said, babe, why, why don't you go and pray that? We'll just get an agreement. And in that prayer, she, she made a comment about me being awesome. In that prayer. And I'm telling you what. <laughs> it, it made me feel so good. And, and, but so what happens, and once again, she said that about me. Guess what I'm going to try to do? Meet that. But if she says, you're sorry, no good, you're lousy, you don't love the kids, you don't love me. Well, I don't love you anyway. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Then I'll live down to it. Uh, one of my brothers, uh, one day his wife turned around and looked at him and said, basically, why don't you go find a woman that likes to hunt and have sex as much as you? And he looked at her and he said, he said, what did you say? She repeated it. He said, okay. And he turned and she said, what are you doing? He turned back to her and said, I'm going to go find that woman. And you know what? He did. Are you hearing me? Y'all getting what I'm saying? Why? Because, once again, there's other lessons in that, but you're either going to live up or you're going to live down. So the man that you want, why not speak life? Right? Speak life. I thank you that you're a great husband. Man, I'm thankful that you're a great dad. I'm thankful. Speak life over him instead of always. Listen, in spite of all the stuff that's there that you don't like, because we all got stuff in each other we don't like. Amen? Are y'all okay? All right. So, ladies, here's what I'm kind of asking you today. Just in your heart, can you make a commitment to say, you know what? I'm going to love him. I'm going to honor him. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to submit to him. I'm going to build him up. I'm going to commit myself to him even when he doesn't deserve it. Because there's going to be plenty of times that we don't deserve it. Likewise, there's times where you don't deserve it either. And that's the grace that you extend each other. Right? If you do you'll be very thankful that you did. And also, I'm asking you this, can you make a commitment to be that soft place for him to fall when he does this, when he feels discouraged, when he, uh, you know, struggling with his own faults, his own failures. In fact, let me give you a story. I I read this one time. Um, This man came home one day, absolutely heartbroken. He had worked at this place for years and years and years, and they fired him. And uh, he was fulfillment. devastated. Uh, she did not uh, nag him. She didn't say, well, if you wouldn't have did this and this and this, you wouldn't have lost your job. What are we going to do? You know what she did? She had sex with him. Soft place to land. Are y'all looking at me like I'm crazy? Yeah, can I, can I, okay. 
time out. Anytime I bring up sex in the church, y'all act all awkward. Listen, who created it? Should we not should we not be able to talk about something that he created better than what the world talks about it? Instead, we as Christians, we go silent, we act like it's all taboo, we can't talk about it, and we let the world set the scene. That's wrong. Yes? So quit acting all lot. TMI. Quit doing that, all right? Ah. All right, last thing. Here we go. So the way, the way you handle this heart, ladies, once again, is everything. And the same way I said to them, I want to say to you, uh, man, you are the woman that God handpicked because you have what it takes to meet his needs. Walk in that confidence. Can you guys give me a few more minutes? Is that okay? Okay. Um, today I really wanted to title uh, today's message, Sex and Submission, but my wife said nobody had come. Uh, so... So let me, give you, let me give you some thoughts here on this, okay? Uh, so, so let me give you some thoughts on this. Uh, a few thoughts on submission, and, and this will be quicker than the other ones. But first of all, let me say this. Uh, the word submission isn't just meant for women. You'll hear me. So the Bible tells us this, that all of us are called to submit to the Lordship of Christ. And it says that this in Ephesians 5, I think it's verse 23, that we are called to submit to one another in the fear of the Lord. You get that? So as, listen, so before it gave you that verse, men, that you stand on, why submit to her, it told you to submit to her too. So if we're going to, you know, quit breaking up and picking the parts you like, look at it in the whole context, all right? So, so it says that, though, that we're supposed to submit to one another. So that, wants, that leads me to ask you guys two questions. Number one, when you submit to Christ, when you submit to Christ, when you surrender, is it empowering or is it disempowering to you? It's empowering, right? And the reason is, is Christ never dominates as he leads us. And guess what? And we gladly as men follow him because we know he has our best in mind. So in that light, turn and ask yourselves this, is that when your wife submits to you, should she be empowered or should she be disempowered? She should be empowered. Y'all hear me there, okay? It's this. The bottom line, guys, is this. We aren't called to dominate our wives. Once again, we're called to serve them, and we're called to lead them as we follow Christ. If that relationship with Jesus isn't intact, you're going to struggle with all this. But if you had a relationship with Jesus, it makes this thing a whole lot easier. Because here's the thing. When you look at your wife, they're no different than us, okay? Your wife will gladly submit to you. When she feels like she is being led in a led in a way, let me let me read this right, that they will gladly submit to being led by you when they feel safe, affirmed, loved, valued, and when they know you have their best in mind. She will gladly support you and run to the ends of the earth. She will gladly say, "Where you go, I go." Are you hear me? It's when they don't feel secure, when they don't feel like their opinion is heard, and when they don't feel like you are for them, and or when they feel shut down, right, suppressed. When that's when they will resist and they will resent your attempts at leading them. Yeah. So in other words, don't, don't push her down and then you go, woman, lead me. Me, Tarzan, you, Jane. Let's go. <laughs> Does not work that way. But if you care for them, guess what? Because they're wired by God to follow you, they will. Yes? It's so true. So, let me, so, fellas, I think it's this. 
when, when you submit to Jesus, he never, once again, pushes you down. He's always trying to lift you up to help you become who he's called you to be. It is our job as men, and this is not easy, to hear their hopes, to hear their dreams, to hear their desires, and then get behind them and see if we can support them in being successful in that instead of always suspecting them to get behind us and lift us up. You know, th- this isn't a one-man show. It's all, you know, it's all about my dreams. In fact, I'll say this. When, when Jen and I got married, I might have told you this before, but when about uh, maybe a week before we got married, I knew we were in transition, and I was praying, God, do we go this way? Do we go that way? Which way do we go, God? And I remember hearing the Lord clear as a bell speak to me. He said, Quentin, I will not tell you until you get married. And then he said this. He said, because it is no longer a me thing, it is a we thing. But So if God wasn't in the we deal, he would say, Quentin, here's what you need to do. Tell her she's got to follow. No, no, no. He said, I'll tell you. And you know what happened? Uh, a prophetic guy walked up to us, and there's things we were praying, and he pulled both of us together, and he said this. God says, boom, boom, boom. We heard it together. <laughs> yeah? All right. So when, think, when it comes to submission, remember once again, guys, you're in charge of the cycle. Okay? If you do your part, she'll gladly follow you. So, ladies, here's my little part to you on submission. Um, I'm just asking you to remember this, that when you take the reins of authority from him, even when he makes a mistake of being passive, at that moment realize he loses his ability to be the spiritual leader of the home. Watch this. And you lose your ability to be covered. That's Bible. Okay? It's out of order. We need to recognize divine order. Some of you ladies in here, you're, you're, you're such strong nature that your, your husband gladly goes, take it. And why does he say take it? Because he don't want to fight with you. But you're so driven to have it, all you want to do is fight about it. So he just, for peace sake, he gives it to you. And you're in sin. It's wrong. Okay? Is that strong? It's truth. So the thing is, is this, is, is if you would bear with him and be patient with him and let him learn to lead and give him room to lead, he might surprise you. I guarantee you this, he'll be a whole lot happier. Amen? And once again, fellas, that doesn't mean we put the thumb down. It just means, that guess what? The decision ends on me at the end of the day. The decision. i got to make it. But you know what? I'm going to do my best to make sure she's in agreement with it. Yeah? Okay. Are you okay? Looking for that adventure? <laughs> All right. Here we go. This will wake you up. Thoughts on sex. Here we go. All right. Let, let, me, let me start off by saying this. Um, every, every, covenant, every covenant has a sign that goes with it. Uh, if you read your Bible, Abraham, the sign of the Abrahamic covenant was this. It was circumcision. Okay? So the sign for a covenant in marriage is sex. And, and I think the thing I want to get here today is I can't figure out why so many... Uh, Christian women are against the sign. <laughs> right? Are y'all following me? And, and, and it's this. I don't know if it's because of what you've been told or whatever, but, but I just want to stress to you that, that this, when, when you view the sign of the covenant as something that's nasty or some horrible obligation that you have to endure, man, you just robbed that man of his manhood. You emasculated him right there, like that. Okay? 
And uh, because so much of who a man is is built around his sexuality. Once again, he's not a pervert. That's the way God wired him. You have to understand that, okay? And I'm probably not saying that in the best way, but it's just true. So let me, um, let me say this. I, I think the problem is, is women uh, so often minimize the importance of sex in their marriage. And according to a survey that I, I read this uh, by Jimmy Evans, uh, he, he did this in survey. He asked, he asked basically men and women to list their priorities. And this is so sad. W- women play sex at number 13. If that doesn't sound bad, right behind gardening. <laughs> All I'm going to say is if I come behind gardening at my house, I'm really in trouble. Because it's, um, yeah. So... 13. So watch this. Men, on the other hand, they ranked it number two. Honor was the greatest need that a man has. Sex was number two. And the reason is because if a man doesn't feel honored, he doesn't want to have sex with you. Okay? Yes? Um, For him to have sex with you, he's going to have to get into lust. It won't be intimacy. Okay? Yes? And that's why so many men, watch this, when they're not affirmed in that area, they'll go find someone to affirm them. Yeah, I, I've been, I've been, we're talking really grown here, but I've been amazed by how many divorces I've seen happen and uh, in church. And one of the main reasons is, is because the woman refused to have sex. And guess what? The devil knows that. And he brought someone along that would, and he ruined their marriage and messed up their kids' lives and all of that. Yeah. All right. So I, I read this. We're going to throw up on the screen. This is actually from a, from Debbie Morris. She said this, um, talking to the ladies. She said, ladies, you are God's gift to your husband. He equipped you with everything you need to meet his needs. Just as you are to honor and respect him, you should also seek to meet his physical need for sex. First of all, when you place priority on your sex life, you're telling your husband that his needs are important to you. You are also saying that you approve of his manhood. When a woman refuses to have sex night after night, she is not just refusing sex, she is rejecting her husband. He does not feel loved or feel wanted uh, by you when you continually turn him away. Your love acted out will give him the confidence. In other words, if you enjoy, guess what? It will build the confidence in him that he needs to be a godly husband, godly father. Now, that sounds great, but let me actually tell you why. Because God's got a reason for everything, okay? Are you guys okay? I'm 22 minutes over my time, but it's okay. Just hang in there, right? Um, Now everybody knows the clock. All right, here we go. Is... (laughs) The men aren't. Anyway, so here we go. Um, so obviously God created sex for reproduction. We get that piece, right? But there's also a part for pleasure uh, and, and intimacy. In other words, let me say it this way. Sex is not love. Sex is an expression of love. Yeah. Okay? So it's really important that we understand that. So, so, but here's why, and this is getting super scientific, and I'll break it down for you really simple, that, that this is God's design. He says, when a husband and wife are joined together, they become one. Okay? The, the scientific side behind that is this, is that actually when a man climaxes and when a woman climaxes, what happens at that moment, there's chemicals that are actually released in their body that glues them together. Now watch this. Here's what's interesting. For a man, that is the only time that that chemical is released in his body. Okay? And so what happens is, is when that's released, what he is looking at, he is glued to. 
That's why it doesn't matter if she is, um, you know, I'm going to say what the doc said, ugly, fat, pretty, super skinny. doesn't matter how she looks. That's what draws him in and glues him to that woman. Okay? Now, here's what's interesting for a woman is that chemical is released at climax, and the only other time it's released is this, is when she breastfeeds. Why? Because it's the love for the child. Are you understanding this? So, so, so often, let me say this. Uh, you ladies sit back. I'm just, I know this isn't all ladies, but I know I'm talking to some. Is, is you, you, when you refuse this, guess what? You're removing God's way. You're longing for your husband to be connected to you, but you're removing the way for him to be connected to you. Does that make sense to you guys? Okay, that's not me. That's Dr. So-and-so talking, all right? <laughs> I'm not smart enough for that, right? So, but, but are you hearing what I'm saying? And so, so you know, listen, if um, you, guys, you guys, I guess, looked at me like I was stupid last week when I said, hey, uh, go pray. But, but the reason is, is, is if you want a good sex life, get a good prayer life. But because the reason is, is because there's, because there's something so intimate about praying with someone. And there's something about when, when, when two people come in agreement, guess what? Guess who shows up? Jesus. And, and guess what? Love comes. And then, once again, the expression of that love is sex. And so, once again, it's pure. It's, you know, am I making sense to you guys? So, so, so let, me, let me maybe throw this out there. Um, for you ladies that, that want to use sex as a form of punishment, manipulation, or control, once again, it destroys a man. And I want to reemphasize what the Bible says when it says your body is not your own. Same token, fellas, that verse applies to you too. So I'm going I'm to steal something from Robert Morris here. Then when she says, go take the trash out, go take the trash out. Right? If she needs help with the kids, if she needs something on the top shelf, she needs you to open something. In other words, your body's not your own. Serve her, give her affection, meet her there, and guess what? It's much easier for her to in turn do that with you. Yes? Okay. And uh, guys, I, I will say this, okay, and then I'm, I'm about to be done. Um, part of your body not, not being your own, take a shower, put some nice clothes on, <laughs> wear her favorite cologne. Amen? You, you, you know, we joke in my house, and sorry if this is a little bit inappropriate, but this I say my house, Jen and I, all right, is uh, she'll say, you know, sex begins in the kitchen. We've heard that. My rebuttal is we can have sex in the kitchen. And uh, <laughs> so oh, that pastor, Ralph and Cap moved in, messed it up. But anyway, so anyways, but um, there's the truth there. What she's saying is, once again, is give me affection and we can gladly, right? And so, anyways, so do your part, guys, okay? And then I guess the last thing I'm going to say, and I'm done. I've, I've taken up way too much of your time today, is this. Is that, that, fellas, the best advice I can give you is this. Two things, actually. Is, is I like talking about this stuff. I can't help it. It's fun. So, um, I actually pray and ask Jesus to help me to, um, to take care of my wife. Ask him to anoint me for it. Maybe I'm weird. I don't know. Jesus, help me. Because, you know, here's the thing. Me and this lady have a great sex life. Because we do what we're telling you. Okay? We didn't get four kids by accident. Okay? Um, we didn't. 
Communication, yeah, oh, that's good. So, so you know, for us, we, 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 we communicate quite a bit about sex, okay? And, and we talk about it. There's that spot that, that man, I, I started to remove the kids today, uh, teenagers. But anyways, here you go. You can learn. Life, life lesson. Um, <laughs> it, is this, is, sorry, okay? Is, is this, is there, there's a spot where, hey, what do you like? What do you not like? Right? And, and I'm telling you, we are so open about that because, you know, we remove the weirdness out of it because God's in it. It's not weird. Yeah. Right? Okay? And so we'll talk about this. So, so, you know, it's so weird. It's like we'll talk about other things, but we refuse to talk about that. But yet we're miserable in that. Talk about it. Talk. 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 Yes. Know her heart. Let her know your heart. Okay? And then, then the thing. Here, fellas, wake up on this one. Okay? Here's what I tell every young man that I ever talked to before he gets married. I'm going to give it to you today. I'll say this. Uh, son, if you put her first and you take care of her needs first, meaning that your goal in sex is for her to climax, then guess what? She'll always take care of you. Amen. It's true. It's when guys are boneheaded and they do this. They, can, they think about themselves and, and they just... Four plays your best friend, fellas. All right? It starts in the kitchen. All right? So... I never saw taking out garbage as foreplay, but I guess it is. All right. Amen. All right. If you guys have any questions about this stuff, um, see Angelo, right? All right. You stand to your feet. You're good. Hey, Jen. Jen, you, j- just pray and wrap it up. L- listen, guys, if you, if you want prayer about anything today, your marriage, or just anything that's going on in life, uh, our, our ministry, ministry team, they'll be down here to pray for you. Jen's going to come, and she's going to close us out. And uh, thanks for being patient. Hopefully you got something out of that. And uh, anyways, Jen will pray. We'll be done. God, thank you for your word that has gone forth today. We thank you for truth because truth exposes the lies and it sets us free. And so, Father, I just thank you that all the things that were said today, God, that it would be tools, especially in the couple's hands where they can go home and communicate about some things and really just get it out in the open and expose the lies and um, just that heaviness and the uh, maybe disappointments or whatever is uh, clouding them, God, that it could just be broken off through communication. God, that at the end of the day, we would know our hearts for one another. Our hearts are for you and our hearts are for each other. And so we could see past the disappointments enough to look into the heart. And um, like PQ said, um, you know, the way we handle each other's heart is everything. And God, if if the women can handle their husband's heart with um, honor and care, and the husbands can handle the wife's hearts with um, tenderness and care and concern, God, that we would, it'll make opening ourselves up easier, Father. And so we just thank you um, that you would just mend hearts together, God, today that any hurts and pains could be talked about and forgiven, and God, that couples could move on and move forward in healing. And Father, I just thank you that. Um, as we get it right in our homes, God, that it's affecting our children and it's affecting our communities. And God, we just thank you that as we put you first, that you are going to be glorified and that we are going to be able to be that beacon and hope of light um, 
to the world around us. Thank you for your people and just their commitment to you and commitment to your word. I thank you that it transforms us. Be with them throughout this week. Bless them. God, I thank you that you've already gone before them and you're their rear guard. And so you just, you walk with them when they walk out of here today. In Jesus name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.